Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just want to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice, how you doing? Um, very, very well. Thank you, Josh. And yourself? I'm all right. You're suffering a little bit, though, aren't you? For the people at home. Oh, well, I wasn't going to say get, anything. Well, let's get some sympathy. Try Come on, and... milk it. No, I was no, going to no, no, try and no, get no. through it. I was going to try and be strong. But yeah, listeners, I have got COVID. It finally happened. What are we, like three and a bit years into this? Yeah. And it's got me. So there's a bit of sneezing, a bit of sniffling. I will try and keep it to a minimum because <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. But just... FYI, just in case a little sneeze creeps in there. But oh, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm I had okay. it before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, what's this new trendy disease? And I was like, listen, I've already been there. Don't worry been about there, it. Yeah. Done that. Yeah, Got I didn't before I had a name. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, we are joined this week by another brilliant guest. She is a film director, another guest from the other side of the pond. Uh, Kimberly Harris, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And you're a sport. I hope you feel better. This is awful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. I feel so, better already, so to be honest. So much more polite. Like, American guests are always so much more polite. Like, British guests, is like, I'm ill. Yeah, are you? Go have a get on with it. Like, yeah, and what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, World War Two or whatever. Like that happened. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Thanks very much for coming on and uh, for for accommodating us um, in your in your busy busy work schedule. I know you've got a lot going on. So we always start these episodes, these guest episodes, with a completely random question. So I'll come to Alice first, and we'll see mm-hmm. uh, what we've got in the pot. So I asked again for people on Twitter and Instagram to give us their ideas. Got some good ones in there. Let's have a look. So we've got this one here. This is from. Rob Turner. Now, Rob's asked us a question before. He's always good for a question, Rob. So, hello, Rob. Um, He's at Raynard City on Twitter. He said, Alice, Hmm. would you rather have your own giant super robot or the recipe Hmm. for a really, really, really ridiculously delicious soup? I mean, mean, the the way I feel right now, I'd love a ridiculously delicious soup, to be mm. honest. But if you've got the giant super robot, maybe they might be able to make you some ridiculously soup. delicious soup. Do you know what I mean? Massive soup. Um, I, I think I think I've got to go robot because Big of robot. the versatility. Like mm. I've got the soup, but then at the end of the day, love soup. But that is just soup, and it's just doing soup things. Whereas you get a robot could could do anything. Could clean your house for you, and that's all I really want in life is for someone else to come. But and it clean is a giant super robot. Mm, so keep, I'd have to find somewhere to keep it. So then you've got to think storage solutions. Then then that's just yeah. a nightmare. You know what? 
We'll go with the soup. <laughs> I'd go with the soup for ease. I think. I think ultimately that would be the simpler option. What about yeah, I know you, Josh? I know what you. I know what you mean about the robot yeah. making you the soup. I do. Yeah. But, um, it's the big bit. If it's just a robot, we're talking like human-sized yeah. butler, human like I robot yeah. style or whatever, uh-huh. Terminators and all that. It's the robot. Mm. But but, but if the it's soup. Massive. Yeah, if it's if, you know, if you think, let's say it's like a transformer. That's mm-hmm. how big that's it is. Too big. That's but then they can, t- and, 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 and I know they can turn into like toasters and cars and stuff, but it doesn't say, he's, Rob's not specified <laughs> that yeah. the, the robot don't know. It could don't turn know into a, a car. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So my answer is really, really delicious soup because I've got nowhere to put a giant super robot. Plus, let's be honest, the government will take it off you as soon as they realize you've got it. Probably, well, yeah. The, yeah. Government's Real not risk. taking soup. Not bothered, are they? No. Not bothered about no. delicious soup. I can have my soup. I can no. have all the soup I want. what about you Kimberly big robot or delicious soup you know I am gonna have to go for the big robot oh big robot yeah I want the assistance Mm. I want you know if I can tell it what to do help cleaning the house Mm -hmm. making soup would be good (laughs) I'm not gonna let myself go into the catastrophic thinking of you know, the problems with AI and all this. Okay. <laughs> in, in my version of the robot and go with the, that it's going to be helpful. I'm going to yeah. stay with the robot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've got two for soup <laughs> and one for giant robot. suppose you're in LA, you've got the space. You've got the space for a big robot. <laughs> it, it's true. If I were in New York, I, I probably want the soup. It's yeah. just the soup. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay then, so let's move on to talking about this week's film then, which is Cyrus from 2010. So spoiler one is if you guys have not seen it, although it is 13 years old, so you know. Uh, Kimberly, you picked this week's film, so why don't you tell the guys listening at home a little bit about what the film's about and why you picked it for the podcast? Sure, it's it's a film by the Duplass brothers, and uh, it's about a single mom uh, and a recently divorced guy who meet at a party and really connect and they hadn't been really connecting with people up until then. And then she, um, accidentally, uh, uh, introduces him to her grown son who is still living at home. And it's really a relationship film. Um, and it, you know, yeah, and then the conflict uh, unravels from uh, the new boyfriend and the son uh, crossing paths. Mm, yeah, all is revealed after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's, that's probably like the most succinct um, description of a film we've had from a guest. Quite often, you, you end up being like, and then anyway, two hours in, there's a big fight, and then. <laughs> Um, so why have you picked it then? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? Do you just want to talk about it? Why, why is it you've picked this one? Yeah, I picked it because, you know, if I'm feeling blue, I turn it on. Mm. It's it's such a raw human piece. I feel like it's tonally really walking this line. And the humor comes from real human interactions that are so believable it's kind of a perfect little movie to me and i i don't when i talk to people about it they never have heard of it or watched Mm. it 
Mm. And it's so rare that I, I'm pretty picky about comedy because I really like this feeling of, you know, being a fly on the wall and peeking in at uh, someone's life and, and it feeling truthful. And a lot of times you get that in drama, um, you know, particularly in independent film like this one is, but in comedy, it, it, it never stays in that, you know, truthful tone. Mm. And this one really does. And it really makes me laugh, but it's also, you know, kind of heartbreaking and very real. Mm. You know, it it really feels like a slice of life on the east side of L.A. that could very well happen, even though there are some outrageous things. They The laughter comes from, uh, you know, very real uh, situations. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think that's a, I think that's a re- I think that's a really good way of, of putting it, that realness, because like you say, with comedies, We'll come on. To, we'll come on to sort of the, the likes and stuff in a minute. But just to touch on what you said there is one of the things I I thought was you know in in another world this concept of man meets woman, you know they get together. She has an adult son, adult son and the and and the new boyfriend butt heads. That's you know that's a high concept tentpole Hollywood movie. You know it sounds like if you think of variations on things like Who's Coming to Dinner or more modern examples of like Meet the Parents or even. What's the one with Brian Cranston and James Franco? That one? Is it why him or why always him yeah, or something like why that? Him, I think. It's like yeah, that, isn't yeah. it? And it's like, you know, you can see the poster of them like back to back, like, ooh. Whereas this, you know, it, and all those are very big and they're very set piece driven and very like, you know, almost rooted in fast. You know, this happens and before you know it, you're blown up the back of the house and all you were trying to do was sneak a cigarette or something like that but 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 in this sense it's very real and it's exploring a very real human story which i really like but let's let's come to you alice then had you had you seen this one before had you heard of it before hadn't seen it or heard of it uh, so i was very excited uh, to mm. dive into this and see what it was all about um overall my general consensus was that i really really enjoyed it i think there's so much to like in there and it's a Pretty much a lot of what I like, you've summed up really well there, Kimberly. But a lot of it is from this, the authenticity of it, of the characters, of their relationships. Like it feels real and you feel like all the characters, you feel like they could be real people, which obviously makes them really relatable, which makes the viewer engage so much more with the film. Uh, So yeah, really positive uh, impact on me overall. Uh, What about you, Josh? What was kind of your general consensus? Had you seen it? So I hadn't seen it. I don't know if I, I don't think I've heard of it. I so. I knew I knew Mark Duplass because I'm a big fan of Safety Not Guaranteed, um, mm-hmm. which is a film which is actually also on my on my list for the podcast. So I knew I knew about him, and I think he's been. I think they've done another film, but I can't remember what it called. It's called off the top of my head. But no, overall same as you, same as you. I I really really enjoyed it. I think this kind of film. We have a bit of a running joke in this podcast, Kimberly, which is I always say I like films that are like a slice of life, and Alice always laughed at me. But that's something that I really like, and I think that. Films like this definitely have a place. I think. I think that it's almost in the same way kitchen sink drama became a thing in the theatre. I think this is a, it, this has its place in in film. And I think it's telling a bit like what we've already said: real, real feeling stories about real feeling people. I think unfortunately they're often overlooked because they maybe don't find a specific audience. They're not backed because they're not going to make 500 million dollars at the box office or whatever every now and then you know one comes along like a bridesmaids or something like that and and it and it it explodes 
But then what happens after that is a load of things, films that are similar trail in its wake and then it drifts off again and that sort of thing. And even those stories, even like Bridesmaids, I love Bridesmaids, but it's not this. It's not that social realistic. It's not as big as something like we've said, like, I don't know, The Hangover or, or something like that. But but um, but it's definitely, well, I suppose my point is it's definitely, I feel like this sort of film has a place and I think that you can see that in the quality of actor that they that they attract. Because if you look at the cast of this, it's it's great. And they obviously like doing it. I think that a lot of them are drawn back to this sort of film because it feels real. And I think it's probably a nice palate cleanser for them and things like that. And I think it's it's almost the filmic equivalent of someone saying, I've went back to the theatre because the theatre is where I started. I think people go, I went back to indie film because indie film is where it started. Does that make sense, Kimberly? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, something that's very plot-driven um, is, you know, those box office uh, films. And this is this is character-driven, and the characters are so layered. And as you said, you know, John C. Riley, Marissa Tomei, Jonah Hill. And when Jonah Hill made this, he was only known for the you know, the big Apatow yeah, not, not uh, talk comedy. And, yeah, super bad. And... and I heard, you know, I heard Jay Duplass talking about how sensitive Jonah is and how they, you know, th- this is such a, each character has so much pathos mm. and, and Catherine Keener, I mean, just great uh, actors. And I know that they, the script was very solid, but then, the Duplass brothers also really encouraged them to just improvise. So, and that's a technique I use a lot. Um, I call it just put it in, I'll shoot the script and then I'll say, put it in your own words, because I think, mm. you know, it, it really, you know, can ground you and, and help express new um, discoveries and, and um, give a kind of freedom and yeah, and so I thought that was really interesting to hear that, you know, a lot of this was improvised by mm. these actors once they were already really connected to, you know, their own characters. Yeah, I think so. the one, the scene that comes to mind for me, which I, I made a big note about, which I really enjoyed was, and it's right near the beginning, it's the scene where they're singing the Human League. So they're singing, don't you, don't you want me baby by the Human League? And they're all dancing. Right. And that scene is so layered because it's funny it's a really funny scene because they're all, it's sort of like a bunch of people who are trying to just enjoy themselves to sing the human league, a lot, surrounded by lots of people sort of looking at them. Like some of them are a bit quizzical. Like, I don't want to get involved, but also that looks like fun. I want to go and sing and have a drink and dance and all that. And then other people who are just like, look at these sort of, look at these nerds for singing along to the human league and that, and that sort of thing. But also what happens is that scene is started because it's the first time in the film that, um, that, that, that John, the John C. Ryan character, is shown any sort of positive attention and it's the first time right. he interacts with someone it's the first time he gets any sort of something back off someone it's really early on in the film but it's obviously quite clear up to that point that he's he's depressed he's unhappy and as soon as he has that human interaction with marissa tomei's character he suddenly goes i want to sing i want to dance and it's almost like this sort of like it's lit a fire up him to be himself again and i thought so it's really late because it's funny it's feel good it's charming but also it's that idea it's that exploration of mental health of like you know you can suddenly get a buzz of being like oh my god actually it might all be okay and then you're singing the human league before you know it do you know what i mean alice oh yeah 100 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really great way to start it as well isn't it because you think that it's going to be 
the impression you get when you meet that character is that, oh, this is going to be ages until he has anything positive to say or until he starts looking at the world positively. And it happens really quickly. So it's like, all oh, right, he's not a total lost cause just yet. Like there is something there. He does still, like he wants people to look at him and think, oh, what a great guy. Or like, oh yeah, he looks like a lot of fun and all that. And I think you get a lot from that sequence, even though it's so simple. But I think I think the characters and the story and kind of what's going on around it really does convey a lot of feeling. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed that moment for sure. Um, yeah. Shall I go over a few of the things that I yeah, liked I was going to say, film, like, so let's just... hear what we thought about it. So start with you, Alice. What did you, what did you like okay. about it? Here was with the bullet points. So yeah, bullet points. I'll try. I tried to condense <laughs> it as much as possible, but first of all, so I really like the style, right? So it's all obviously very simple. It's simple locations, simple props and costumes. And it's full of people that you could easily believe are real people, like we've said. And I think the shaky cam style gives it a real authenticity as well. And I think that really works with it and reminded me a lot of Succession at times mm. with all the kind of crash zooms and the slightly crooked angles and stuff. I think the performances in this are excellent. So everyone felt like they were right where they should be. And they all came together so brilliantly to engage you with this world. Like no one felt out of place or miscast. And in this as well. So something that I've picked up on a few times uh, in some of the films that we've done now is this thing that I call the chain of inappropriate behavior. So in this, Cyrus's behavior towards John is inappropriate and it's impacting John's relationship with Molly. But then the way John behaves towards his ex-wife, Jamie, is also inappropriate and is affecting her relationship with her fiancé, Tim. Yet John just seems completely oblivious to this. And there's just a few of these like little blink-and-you'll-miss-it moments with Tim. He'll like walk into the room and the two of them are having a conversation or he'll say something and you can just see that it's really getting to him. But he's trying so hard to be patient and to be the bigger person. So the film never really dives too deep into it, but it's always going on in the background. And I really felt for Tim a lot because I feel like it would be a really difficult situation at the best of times anyway, not to mention when you're trying to plan a wedding because obviously Tim and Jamie are in the midst of planning their wedding together. And it just feels like John really leans on Jamie a lot and is really involved in her life. And it feels like she's in a position where she feels emotionally responsible for him and has to devote a lot of her energy to him, which doesn't always feel that fair in my opinion. And then that brings me on to the next point that I really liked about the film, which is just the story in general and how it explores the different sorts of emotional baggage that you accumulate over time and how that impacts your relationships and how you see the world. Because I, I loved Jamie. I thought she was a great character and I loved Tim as well. And he's got like three lines or something, <laughs> but he's always just there in the background, just kind of watching, just like watching this, this, this happening, like this world that he can't, he can't quite be a part of. Because it's like, well, they've got history. Like, th things have happened between them that I'm never going to know about. And he's just on the outskirts sort of watching in, like, what am I going to do? But the film doesn't, it doesn't bat you with that at all. It's just the odd look or the odd moment. And I really like that about it. It's quite, it's quite realistic, isn't it, in that sense? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, so let, let's, let's hear from Kimberly then. Well, Kimberly, what are some of the things you really like about this film, apart from what you've already touched on? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I love everything that you you just pointed out. I mean, there's so much honesty. You've got, you know, uh, this dependency on, and he's still longing for this this marriage that he had, and he's so depressed. And then this very, uh, you know, alluring woman approaches him, 
um, you know, urinating outside <laughs> at a party, <laughs> totally drunk. And her first line is nice penis, you know? <laughs> And it's like this really down and out man. And and then this happens to him. And that's what sends him into the dancing inside. Um, and I love the the flip that, I'll, you know, I'll, so many unpredict, everything that happens is unpredictable because you think that he's met this perfect woman. But then when he meets, um, you know, her son played by Jonah Hill, you get this idea that he, you know, that's a very codependent relationship. Um, the son doesn't want, um, mom with anyone else. And, um, you know, I think it's so honest and human and the flaws are, are really disturbing and endearing at the same time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I have to say the scene where Jonah Hill plays his music for, you know, mom's new boyfriend, it is so brilliant in tone. It's, it, it, you know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The response of John C. Riley to that he's really listening and the weirdness of Jonah Hill, it just... I think everyone needs to see that. To me, that is the funniest scene. <laughs> one of the funniest scenes I've ever so seen. Awkward, it's, it? it's, uh... So awkward, isn't it? So through the awkwardness, right? <laughs> yeah. The humor comes through very honest human, 
uh, awkwardness. Uh, yeah. I think because everyone's been there, haven't they? Everyone's been the, the guy who's like, listen to this song. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, right. oh, what, have you seen this funny YouTube video? I, I, no, I'm okay. Oh, you're showing it me anyway. You know, it's that I think, I think every, everyone's been there. So I know what you mean. I think that realism really, really comes through. And I just want to touch on something you said there as well, which is something I really enjoyed, which is the relationship and the exploration of of Cyrus's mental health because there's a few things at play. The first thing I really liked is it doesn't spoon feed you as the audience. So it never goes, you know, this happened, so he is like this, or this, you know, this is why he is like he is. It hints that he might be lying. It hints that he might not be lying. It sort of edges towards, yes, he is messing with John, but also at the same time, he's definitely got issues. It's not like all put on or, or whatever. So I like that bit. And the other, the other bit I really liked as well was that exploration of codependency and intimacy as well, because it's not something particularly with mothers and sons that I've ever really seen done like this in a film outside of a horror. So a horror, yeah. you know, you think a psycho or something like that, where it's obviously exploring it in a way that it's the complete end of the scale of this feels unnatural and they they use that to execute a different type of feeling for you as the audience whereas this is far more real and far more interesting to me to explore that real codependency between a, a you know an adult man and his and his mom yeah and i want to say something about that because she is a single mother too mm. and i think that's very specific you know we don't usually see her mistakes come out of overcompensating because mm. there's no father and it it has caused his problems even though you know there it's done out of good intentions you know his mental health is because he has never left mommy's side and so really believes that he needs that relationship to be his his everything. Mm. And it's cramping her lifestyle, but she did it because she mm. felt guilty or, you know, and that's something that single mothers really can relate to. And I think that's, you know, that's something we don't see enough, really. And then the the you know new boyfriend walks into that and has to deal with it yeah <laughs> no absolutely i think and i think it's really interesting it's just not something i've seen done before in this more realistic way i suppose Do you know what I mean? does that make sense alice yeah 100 100 and and <laughs> and thinking more about the thing of of her being a single mother as well and i hadn't really thought too deeply into that but there you're not going to get that much representation of that in, in sort of traditional mainstream cinema. So it was really interesting to see it. And I loved how you described their relationship as being kind of equally disturbing and endearing mm. because that's kind of the way I saw it. It's like everything's like really, really cute and then something will happen and it's a bit like, oh, no, that was a little bit too weird. Like when they're wrestling and stuff in the park, it's like, oh, yeah, that's sort of cute. But then like she's really latching onto him and all this. And it's like, oh, now you've made it weird. <laughs> like it's always it always just goes like that one little step too far. And you just think, ah, oh, no, you've crossed the line now into it being weird. Um, that moment that you mentioned there about when he's playing his music for John for the first time. So that is I think that's the funniest moment in the film. And I'd written that in my notes that I thought that was it's the best example of the way that they use comedy in this. And I think it shows such a trust from the filmmakers or from the director in their actors to use their eyes, use their body language and to be able to build the tension between one another. Because the whole, like one of the 
sort of brilliant things about this film is like it's not big and fancy like it's not explosions it's not you know all these kind of crazy plot points and all that it's just the actors doing their thing and the the fact that the filmmakers have trusted them to do that has been really successful and they all just nail it but yeah some of the comedic moments that stem from that kind of awkwardness or from people maybe knowing something that you don't know just yet but then we sort of go on this journey with the characters as they find out really really funny and really effective uh, so I thought some of the editing was quite strong in this as well. So you get a lot of moments where two characters would be in conversation with each other and then the conversation would continue, but it would be, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but the conversation would continue off screen as a voiceover, but you'd still be getting footage of the two, but it would be alternative footage of the two characters together shown on screen. So for me, it felt like this was a real opportunity to show the audience what the characters are really feeling and get some really genuine and authentic moments from the characters. So say if Molly and John were having a conversation and they're just talking like normal, like not talking about anything too remarkable, but then the conversation would continue and you'd still hear it. You'd hear the conversation continue as normal, but the shots you'd get would be different and they'd be like of Molly smiling or looking really smitten or looking really happy at John. And I felt like these moments were really tender and quite personal and just did more to reinforce the authenticity of the whole thing. It's like you were seeing something that they weren't quite, you weren't quite supposed to see. And like Molly had a few great moments where she'd just look like she would just sort of be swooning or she'd like have a, have a T-shirt or an item of John's clothing or something. Just be like, oh, and it was really, really sweet, really sweet. And I think I really appreciated that technique, but I've no idea what you'd call it. There must be a name for it. Um, but I really I thought that was really strong as well. I'm trying to think if there is a name for it now. <laughs> there must be. No, I just yeah, don't know I how don't you'd think describe there is, it. I don't think there is, but I think it is. I think the editing in this is incredibly strong as well. Mm. Um, and, and that may have even been an editor's choice to, mm. to really, uh, uh, you know, make it feel more intimate like we're we are seeing as you said these private moments and they're informed by almost the character's thoughts um yeah the editing and I and I also really admire the editing because knowing that they were improvising because that's that makes I did it I've done it to editors and it makes it much more difficult to to really edit it well so um yeah that I love that technique of the editing as well. Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about anything we would perhaps change about the film or perhaps we didn't like about the film. I don't get the impression um, there'll be much in this section, but we'll start with you, Alice. Is there anything you particularly didn't like or you'd change about the film? So I haven't written anything down for this because uh, wow. I couldn't, I don't actually think, like, there isn't really anything. I really don't think, and I did try, I was trying to look for it. My only point would be that obviously this style of film isn't for everyone. It's mm. not exciting. It's not like visually spectacular, but obviously that's not what it is and that's not what it's going for. So literally all, all I can say is that this isn't going to be for some people and I imagine it would bore some people, but not me. I thoroughly no. enjoyed it. And it definitely does have an audience, this sort of film. But in terms of like from a technical point of view, like as a film and how it was made, I don't really have any notes. 
<laughs> so so no, that's, that's that. rare. That is, that is rare. rare. That is rare. I've tried um, to think of What about happened. you, Josh? Have you, did you um, manage to make really, any points? Really. I know, I know, I accept your point. I mean, look, this this film is a bit of me, so I like, I, I know we said before, I like, like slice of life films, but. I know what you mean. This isn't going to pack out a multiplex of people chewing popcorn, waiting for the car chase or whatever. But I think, like I've already said, I think it's got its it's got its place. I suppose there's two points for me. The first one is, and I don't really know how to phrase this. I I wanted Catherine Keener and Matt Walsh to just get married and be happy. Mm-hmm. Like as fictional characters, they were so likable. I was like, oh, he's ruined the wedding. Like, mm-hmm. but I suppose they only have a little bit of a scrap. It's not like it's completely ruined or anything. So that's and maybe a little bit more resolution around that as well like would she was that her bit he being like i'm never speaking to him again because he ruined my wedding or anything like that but then maybe we don't need that resolution the other thing is just maybe for my own just my own preferences i would have liked maybe a little bit more exploration about why cyrus is like that but then at the same time i also understand that they don't want to spoon feed you i do wonder somewhere if there is a draft that mentions that Cyrus has been through X, Y, and Z, and that's why he is the way he is. But he, yeah, that it might not be the case. I'm not too sure, but that, that would just be me. What, what, what about you, Kimberly? Is there anything, or do you have any thoughts on what we've said? You know, it's hard for me now to watch films since I've been directing. It's really difficult for me to watch films from a different perspective. So when I say I feel like this is a perfect little film, it's because. I can't, I, I'm so impressed by what they achieved. Um, and I think, um, you know, I do think that his back, both of their backstories would be really interesting, the mother and son to, to have more of. And yet, you know, when does that become superfluous to, you know, the 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 point of view, which I think is sort of this, exploration of what is unconditional love Mm. you know how how do you what you know what is it what are the boundaries of it you know we're pushing up against those boundaries and um you know what do we need in the story in order to in order to explore that um but yeah, I I don't have any any notes (laughs) class brothers (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely you, you've picked it. And listen, it's not often that we have this little to say. We 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 always try and be as positive as we can, but we're also all about balance. So it's rare that we have this little to say in this section, isn't it, Alice? Yep, yep, hundred percent. Like if there was stuff I didn't like, I'd tell you. I'd tell you, Kimberly. Like you know, with respect and obviously balance. But yeah, it was just, it just it 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 knew what it was. It knew what it wanted to be, and it nailed it every step of the way. Okay, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception then, and then we can try and decide, is it underrated? Is it underseen? Is it both? Is it neither? You never know. So do either of you know how it did critically or commercially? Have either of you seen the scores, or do you want to have a guess? I I mean, I'd love to hazard a guess. I, Go on. I think I've got to think that this did well. I think just technically it works, mm. and... I feel like, I do feel like the critics would like this. Um, what did it get? I think it got at least a high seven. Okay. I think maybe, I I think overall it probably got 
a, a 7.9. So the mm. highest of sevens, 7 just 9. before an eight. <laughs> and I, I would probably give it that as well. Okay. Okay, great. Kimberly, do you know how it did or would you have hazard a guess if you don't know? I didn't, I intentionally didn't look because yeah. I knew your And so I, what the only thing I think it had going for it at that time theatrically was that was the beginning of what we called the mumble core movement, mm. um, which is when the Duplass brothers, Greta Gerwig, Lena Dunham, you know, these great independent voices um, all were, were releasing their films and they were these humanistic stories. Mm. Things like Francis Ha and stuff like that, isn't it? And, yeah. 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 And so it, it was more in the, you know, I, more than now, I think they were getting theatrical releases. Um, but yeah, I really did choose it because I feel like it's a secret. Like I just, mm. I don't think anyone knows this film. But tell me, I'm very okay. Curious. Yeah, let's let's yeah. let's have a look. So we do we do IMDb and then the two Rotten Tomatoes and we average it out and that average gives us the sort of idea of how it did. But then we also, if needs be, we we sway it with how the critics reviewed it as well. So just depends on how we're feeling. Um, at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets that you're going to be shocked by this, Alice. 6.3 out of 10. Ooh. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes, which is obviously similar to IMDb because it's it's audience review, give it 53%. What? And the, cri- really? but, 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 the critics me, give it 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics did like it. The critics were kind to it. Right. But the audience are dragging that average down to... Uh, sixty five, an average just 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 above sixty five percent. So for me, I'll I'll happily go first. That's massively underrated. That's so easily underrated. Yeah, that is so it's one easy. Flipping heck. Flipping <laughs> What was that? Fifty. What was that from the audience? The audience. Yeah, I think the audience may went in expecting something about Hannah Montana or a dad. Um, right. Based yeah. On, based mate, on the title. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Um, but, oh my but, goodness. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't. I'm not even sure I need to ask Kimberly. Is that underrated? <laughs> Right. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's so interesting to me because, you know, do people go to the movie to, movies to feel something? Do they go mm. to the movies to escape? Do they go to the movies to think, to not think? And it's, you know, this is a film that's going to kind of be confrontational in a way to make you think about your relationships and, um, you know, maybe laugh and cry about them. So, yeah, it's so strange to just have, you know, the a, a pool of everyone mm. because everyone has such different different tastes. Everyone's different reactions and stuff. But like I'm that. not actually that surprised um because I you know, I know that you know, my taste is is this kind of really personal story and mm. that's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think I think me and you, Alice, I think it's fair to say we could say that's underrated from what from what you think. It's much better than that. But like you say, everyone's different. So my like it's very much opinion, isn't it? But my opinion, Alice's opinion, it's yeah. underrated, isn't it? <laughs> and it's our podcast. <laughs> and it's our, our podcast, opinion. So, is the only thing then, that matters. <laughs> um, ter- I mean, in terms of it's underseen, I mean, there's always an argument that we make that if neither of us has heard of it and both of us like films, it's pretty underseen. But the only figure right. I could find um, on box office mojo was it made just under 10 million dollars worldwide so i'd say again i'd say it's pretty underseen and i think i think people should seek it out and watch it 
So there we go, another one uh, in the underrated, underseen uh, vault, Alice. It's getting bigger, that vault, isn't it? It's almost uh, almost 200 films have been through the process it, yeah. uh, so far. Um, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been a pleasure to talk to you about this. It's been a pleasure to, to talk to you in general. Tell the guys out there, what, what have you got going on? What, they can, what can they look out for? Yes, uh, well, a, a feature I shot in seven days in Los Angeles, um, where I I was really interested in, you know, there are a lot of young people in this city. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Chicago. So I've been here for uh, 11 years. And there's a lot of young people here that get famous very quickly without really any prep and their life changes when that happens seemingly overnight. And so I I wanted to explore that relationship between, you know, youth and fame and and addiction actually. Um so I I we we did I it's a film called I Heard Sarah and um it's on all streaming but it's also just what was released on Prime uh video. So I hope everyone will watch it and rate it and review and help our 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 uh, ratings get <laughs> get up and then i'm also in pre-production for a film um written by zan churchwell that um takes place in a high school and really uh deals with young people um seeking their identity um and it's a companion piece to a feature so we're shooting this um some things good happen on a tuesday um, and it 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 is that sort of uh, me continuing to explore the fly on the wall, a very you know what what really happens in these private moments in in high school, and that will um, w- then we'll shoot the feature next, which is called Tell Me Something Good. So um, those are two of the things I'm I'm on right now, and I'm also creating a television series and uh, adapting a memoir into a screenplay so it's a very fruitful creative moment busy 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 loads going on i'm (laughs) still reeling from the fact that you shot it in seven days so i i work in television but i work on small like small small scale stuff and sometimes even just getting that done in seven days i'm like i don't know how we did that so that is super impressive. Is impressive, and I'm absolutely yeah. jazzed to watch it now because I think <laughs> I'll be thinking about that when I'm watching it and just be like, oh my God, they did this in seven days. That's wild. I love that topic as well. And I think so relevant for so many people, like not just in LA, but pretty much anyone who becomes TikTok famous, which is mm. just so such a common thing now. Like you can go from being like in air quotes, a nobody to being like known right across the globe in a matter of like hours or days. And the intensity, like just that must, and what that must do to kind of your brain and your outlook and all that. So yeah, I love the sound of that. Yeah, it sounds oh, really okay. good. Same, I can't wait to watch it. So we will put links to uh, anything, like I heard Sarah put links into the episode. We'll put some stuff out on social media when this comes out. Um, so make sure you check it out. It's always good to support ind- independent film. Uh, Kimberly Harris, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks so thank much, Kimberly. you. What a great way to start the day. You, This was really fun. <laughs> Thank you so much.
Well, there we go. Another guest episode in the bag. Another underrated and underseen film. Give it a watch. It's always nice to find out new films. And I uh, I really enjoyed it. And so did Alice. Uh, so did Alice as well. And we'll make sure, as we said then, to put links to Kimberly's stuff in this episode. Check her out. It's always good to support um, indie film and, and uh, people's projects and stuff like that. Um, we will be back with another episode in your ears next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, give us a look. We're always, we're always putting stuff out there as, and, and engage with us and follow us. It's always nice to hear from you as well. If you've got a film, get in touch. We're on Patreon as well. If that's your thing, if you fancy episodes a, a day early or extended episodes, stuff like that, head on over to Patreon forward slash Just Films and That and you will find us. We're also on the television as well, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. So every Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. And let me tell you, they're enjoying it over there, Josh. I'm telling you, our Grease 2 video has taken off. <laughs> it has absolutely taken Daily Motion by storm. Like I'm absolutely like thrilled to stay. Yes. Exactly. In <laughs> that's in Greece one, not in Greece two. And Greece well, two is about cars motorbikes. exist in Greece one. Alice. Flying cars <laughs> exist in Greece two. Don't get me started on Greece two. <laughs> Don't get me started on Greece two. And so yes, plenty of ways to watch us, see us, hear about us. We're all over the damn place. Yes, we shall see you next week for another film. Goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.